0: Welcome back to the Talk Podcast with me, Jay Deakin. Yeah, so welcome back to the podcast. Um, and for today, I'd like to welcome Sophie and Harriet onto the show to discuss OCD, which is a serious anxiety-related condition, and it affects over three-quarters of a million people here in the UK. Uh, there's usually four main types, checking, contamination, symmetry, and ordering and ruminations and thoughts. So, um, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the show today, guys. Hi. Uh, it's nice nice to see you both. Um, I just thought it'd be good to, you know, have a different insight on people's OCD, especially from like, a, a woman's per- perspective as well. You know, there might be some things that are, are different to what I go through and stuff. So, yeah, um, how, how have you both been with with lockdown, Harriet, oh. Sophie?
1: Go Harriet you go.
2: Um, Yeah I've been all right. I I think um, to start with I sort of was a bit nervous like what's this going to be like what if people forget about normal life and leave me behind sort of thing. Um, Yeah but I don't think I was worried about not going to work or anything like that. Um, I'm one of those people that I ha- used to hate spending time on my own so the idea of being locked in with nothing to do um, was a little bit scary but uh, it's sort of pro- it's proven to me that I can just spend time on my own and be all right with that so that was quite nice but other than that it, I've been dealing quite well to be honest I'm a little bit bored but other than that <laughs> right, it's
0: been that, all
2: right. That's good to hear
1: and um, what about you Sophie? Um. I thought I'd be dealing with it a lot worse than I am, Um, especially in the OCD sense. Like, people would expect you to be more worried and anxious because of the coronavirus. But I haven't felt anything like that at all. I haven't been excessively washing my hands. I've just been doing it as they've said like, if you go out, when you come back in, wash your hands, just like that. I'm more nervous though about things getting back to normal than I
2: was about going into lockdown. Yeah. You're uh, used to it,
0: don't you? And then
2: when you know it's going to go back, I was worried about going into
0: it. Now I'm used to being in it. I'm worried <laughs> about what
2: it's going to be like coming out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, def- I definitely feel that. You know, um, like what you both said, that it's a little bit daunting in it because. We've got used to this life now and we know it's it's going to change again
2: yeah definitely i have a feeling i'm going to be quite tired quite quickly
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: i to rush out and ask to see each other and i'll be like a couple of evenings of seeing people i'm going to be like i need to be in my room now on my own.
0: <laughs> <Leave> <laughs> <me alone. laughs> so um Hadi, what like what themes do you have for your O C D. that tell us a little bit about you know your experiences
2: um yeah same same with was what sophie was sort of just saying you know the idea of going into lockdown and people sort of presume that ocd is to do with cleanliness and um worried about germs and things like that so but that is not a theme that i struggle with so um yeah under the sort of four categories that you said mine would probably be the thoughts and rumination sort of thing um so yeah uh harm ocd is a big one for me um relationship OCD is a big one for me and so is schizophrenia or OCD so yeah worry that I'm going to do harmful things to other people um that sort of crosses over with relationships I'm always worried I'm going to upset someone or hurt someone's feelings um yeah or go crazy and obviously that means you're an awful person so
0: yeah so it's I, I can definitely relate to some of them Harriet and as you know I, I've spoken to you quite a bit about mine and stuff um, but yeah. contam- contamination is definitely one for me so what what about you Sophie do you relate to any of Harriet and have you got any different ones that she didn't Oh, mean?
1: yeah I definitely relate to what Harriet's saying harm has always been such a huge theme for me um mainly to do with my daughter and harming her and then I also worry that one day I'm just going to snap and do something. It never happens and it never will happen, but I always have that fear that something like that's going to happen. And contamination to an extent is there. Like I mainly worry about one form of contamination, which is HIV. I worry about that a lot, um, but it goes between the two. I never have the same the two at the same time. It's always either harm or HIV, one or the other, and it flips in between, like to each other. It goes to each other all the time, Um, but yeah, it's it's so draining.
0: (laughs) Yeah, very draining. When because people can't see it, you I don't know. You no one realizes what what what's going on in your brain, do they? Sort of thing. No.
2: I no, they have. We, we we struggle to keep up. So trying to keep someone updated all the time, it, they've been worn out as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it almost, it it tries one thing and you get anxious about that, and then once you start getting on top of that, it's like, oh, I'm not doing very well here. Let me pick something super scary, freak her yeah. out again.
0: Yeah. Jumps on to the next one. It's um, you know, it it just takes up a lot of your time, doesn't it? And you know. I think it's because some people like the secret illness in the past, you know, 20, 30 years ago when it wasn't very well known. um, And obviously people was quite ashamed of it and stuff. um, But do you guys feel like it's the past few years, the awareness is getting, you know, is improving now? Oh,
1: that's a tough one. It is a tough one. I think... In part, yes, because there are, like, charities that are raising awareness, there's Twitter, there's great people on there speaking about it, some celebrities who actually do seem to have it coming out and saying, okay, this is what I'm dealing with, so in part, yes, but then on the flip side... I've had many conversations with people, and I say, Yes, I have OCD. And they're like, oh, so your house must be really clean. I'm like, um, oh. No, not really. It's a standard house. Like, it's not overly clean. And they're like, Oh, but like, you know, everyone who has OCD is really clean. And it's like, No, that's not exactly how it is. So every time I say, I have said in the past that I have OCD to someone, that's the response that I get so i don't think there's enough awareness just
2: yet of how crippling it actually is and that's why it's so frustrating isn't it when you're like oh you know you're you're trying i try to sort of be quite open about mental health and things so if someone i haven't spoken to in a while is like how are you doing or like how how are you today I try and, if I'm not having a good day, instead of lying about it and being like, yeah, I'm absolutely great, I'll slide it in and just be like, I'm all, I'm all right, but, you know, I have OCD, so my day's not going too great. And they'll always be like, oh, I've got OCD too, because I like bean cans to face the right way. And I'm like... <laughs> like you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> you really don't it, it it's awful like you don't want to have it you make it sound like you want to have it and it's super easy and it's all fun and everything likes to be ordered but it's not like that at all it
0: can be awful awful it's definitely so. not a good it's, it's definitely not a quirky nice thing to have is it and mm-hmm. I spoke to um Richard uh, OCD Uncertainty on Twitter the other day you come on the podcast oh yeah um, and we were chatting, and he said it's a bit like an echo chamber. Like, when you're speaking about OCD, or we're doing this podcast now, usually only people who listen to it are probably people who only have OCD. You know, it's quite hard to get out of that mm. um, boundary, if you get me. What, what do you think about that, Sophie? Like, do you think that's quite true? Or...
1: Yes, I 100% agree. Because I would say... of the people that I interact with or follow me either have OCD or had experience with someone who does have OCD, so they completely understand where you're coming from. But once you step away from that and you're just talking to someone generally about it who has no connection to it, their response is completely different to you and I guess you kind of have to monitor what you say because it'll be taken the wrong way. Like if I told people the thoughts that I had, like someone who knew nothing about OCD, they would think that I was a serial killer yeah. if I told them what happens in my head. Um, mm. So you have to kind of monitor what you say to people who aren't in the community or know someone who's, who has it. It's, it is quite difficult at times. It
2: really, really yeah. is the other day when we were having a chat like um i used to um i did like a random shift at one point where i had to like wash up at a restaurant i was like a dishwash for the evening and oh you know the machine that you spray the plates down with i was like oh doing yeah that and then chuck him them in, in the dishwasher and someone come in don't know me at all and they were like oh i can't believe you haven't sprayed all of that off that plate like that would drive my ocd crazy And me, without thinking, obviously was frustrated that they'd used it as like a misconception out of nowhere, just went, oh, do you have thoughts about killing your family too then? (laughs) And they just went, what? What the fuck? Oh, my God, what? Like this. And I was like, yeah, that's what OCD can be. Go and Google it before you use that because you don't know what you're talking about. And it probably seemed like an absolute nut job. But at that point, I didn't care if they judged me for being thinking that I was like crazy or whatever I was like you don't actually know what you're talking about and if you think I'm crazy you need to go away and research and you'll actually realize that it's not crazy at all it's very normal so sometimes I really do care about monitoring and making sure that I don't like people I care about I don't want to scare them with anything or yeah I don't want people to think I'm crazy but people that don't have any clue at all and come across quite Distant about it. Sometimes I'm like, oh, do you know what? I'm gonna let you in here. <laughs> see what you think. <laughs> I'll open the door
0: and see what you Time think. into the secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think sometimes it's best, you know, just filter the information, you know, progressively. To so some, I've done that with my friends and people I know where you just sort of you can't tell them all at once because it's too much for the the brain to take, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, It might take a couple of years or whatever, but people who you don't know, like you're saying, Harriet and Sophie, um, yeah, it's very hard to say or feel like, you know, I think about stabbing someone or, you know, committing a serious crime or whatever. It's it's very hard for us to, you know, it's hard enough saying it to, like, you two, never mind someone who doesn't know. Um, Yeah. Sophie, you know, when did you... Realise you had OCD sort of thing, like when. Um,
1: I figured it out when I was thirty-one. I figured it out, and I am thirty-four now. Um, I got diagnosed when I was thirty-one. Um, it was me that went to the doctors and said to them, "Oh, by the way, I've been researching something, and I think I have OCD." And they looked through my notes and went, "Oh, yeah." yeah, that seems right. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, what was your job? <laughs> um, so so it's been a good three years of looking back and going, wow, I've had this since I was like 14. <laughs> like, I've had it for that long and did not know. I just thought it was my personality. That was it. I just thought that's
0: just who I was. So when you got diagnosed, did it change? Did you feel like a bit better that now you, you know you've got something or you, you sort of belong to something so you can, you know, relate to it sort of thing?
1: Oh, most definitely. It For me, being diagnosed changed the whole ballgame for me because i was then able to do my research find a good therapist do the work and once you know what you're dealing with it's not as scary once you know what the monster is and what the tricks are you're you're less scared of it and you start to find ways to tackle it and it will it will trip you up sometimes of course it will but you start to get the upper hand and it it makes such a difference when you know what you're
0: fighting against. So what, what are you or have you sort of fought against, if you don't you know, mind me asking, like, what's your sort of themes and stuff?
1: Well, I couldn't use knives. Um, now I use them all the time. They don't bother me at all anymore. Um, th- when I was at my most severe, I was having... Intrusive thoughts every minute. Now I'll get one or two a week. And that's just from letting the thought come in. Like it sounds ridiculous, but you let the thought come in and you don't do anything about it. That's it. You just leave it there. Mm -hmm. As soon as you learn how to do that, it makes such a difference. Like because you're not fighting it, you just go, yeah, all right. I want to stab someone. Yeah, okay, fine. And then it goes away. (laughs) When you stop reacting to it and putting meaning to it, it makes such a big difference. So I've really learned how to do that. And it's completely changed my life. It really has.
0: Do you you look back at some of your thoughts and think, what the hell was it? Why did I used to do that? Or, you know, (laughs) why was I so concerned and upset about that like does he, is he just stupid <laughs>
1: yeah like like just um the other week I was worried that I had um HIV and I was just like it was so consuming and then I went to sleep woke up the next day and went what that <laughs> doesn't make any sense yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you haven't been exposed to it so how can you have it it makes no sense, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> I get like that all the time, I, it makes no sense,
0: it really I know, doesn't. I know we're laughing but, you know, it's because we understand the yes. how stupid yeah, exactly. it is sort of thing, you know. Um,
2: exactly,
0: hmm And it's funny
2: when you're out of it, like when you can look back and go, that was stupid, but at the time, even if it's something so stupid, stupid, I'd like just for example, you know when you just you think about things and you sort of see images in your head, sort of thing. Like if someone's <clears> talking and they're like, "Oh, my nan had on a, a green coat," and you imagine a lady in a green coat, I was like obsessed with with why I was seeing things when people were speaking. Yeah. And I would like count how many times I would I would imagine things in the day, and I was like, "Is that too much?" La la la. And it would it sucked me in for weeks. And it was awful. And now I look back and I'm like, people do that. I do that every day, all day. Everyone does it all day, every day. Like, why did I feel the need to count? Why did I feel the need to, to try and think that that was too much? Like, it's stupid. It's so silly.
0: Yeah. I was asked an interesting sort of question of the other day. Um, like, how do you thought sort of speak to you? Does it, do you know, does it say, like, your name? Like, Sophie, what, have you stabbed this person? you... <sighs> you know how does it come across both of you
1: um for me it's like that's a that's a to me i've always said it's like a voice but it's not a voice that's the only way i can put it like i used to have certain words on loop in my head like kill 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 on loop in my head all the time Mm. um and that was absolutely terrifying because i didn't know am i thinking this or am I hearing voices or what I actually did not know? Um, and when it comes to, like, stabbing someone or something like that, it's more of an image that I get. I get an image of me doing it. yeah. And then I'm like, oh, here we go. I let the image do what it needs to do and then I let it go. Um, but I had to work so hard to not worry so much about like what it was anymore if that made what the voice was i had to kind of go okay these are just words that's yeah. all that they are they're yeah. nothing more than that like d decent them in a way yeah
2: yeah exactly really tough to do obviously because what whatever the topic of that thought or image is is like the our worst fears so it's really difficult yeah. to do that but yeah it's almost just hearing it and then or not hearing it because it's not really a voice but listening to it in your head and just going all right i'll let
0: you be here but that's cool yeah
2: yeah i've spoken to sophie before obviously and when i was i don't know if i spoke to you before i got diagnosed or after but sophie was an amazing help for me on twitter literally wouldn't have been able to be where i am now without her so um but when i was when i had my schizophrenia ocd which awful um I said to Sophie I was like what but what if I'm actually crazy like what if I literally don't know what's real and what isn't um and Sophie was maybe in, in a reassurance kind of way now but um, <laughs> a bit like well people who hear voices they normally hear it in like a third person like that voice in their head will be like hi Harriet and then as soon as she said that all my intrusive thoughts were third person and they were like <laughs> must be real now <laughs> <laughs> like it's so stupid so, yeah they do they literally morph don't they to make it seem more realistic oh definitely definitely so, Normally, my own voice talking and i'll be like it'll be like oh what if what if i want to do this or what if i punch this person in the face or that sort of thing but yeah as soon as it knows that or maybe you'll be you're crazy if you speak to yourself in third person. All of a sudden, it's not Harriet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and
1: sometimes I'll be like, what if like like along with what you're saying, Harriet, that like you're started doing it in third person. Like mine before, I'd be like, what if it isn't me? What if it is like a monster or something like that? And then the sound was different.
2: It was like a monster's yeah. voice, and I was like. Yeah. Oh my god, so much true. Yeah, and I think I think we spoke about that before. So all yeah. of mine would be in like my own voice. Yeah. And I would text you out of nowhere and be like, oh my god, Sophie, I just got an intrusive thought, but it was in another voice that I've like never yeah. heard before. Does that mean it's a real one? Help, like this. <laughs> panicking, panicking. I hope
0: mine's <laughs> not not like that after this this uh, Zoom call. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I love your
0: I love your up uh, north voice in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um it's certainly is a you know interesting topic, and um, as you say, your OCD it's not doesn't stay the same throughout your life. You know, you can have different obsessions about different things. And I know from when I was a teenager to now, mine have you know changed so many so many times. Um, it just When you're stressed and, you know, something's on your mind, I think it, you know, is like rubbing its hands together, thinking, yeah, I'm going to have a field day with this now. Um, And it makes that problem, you know, 10 times harder than maybe someone who doesn't have OCD. Um, Do you you feel, you know, that, that same for you, Sophia?
1: Oh, most definitely. When I'm feeling down or anxious or just not in a good place, it's like woohoo let's have fun here she can't fight me so let's have fun that's exactly what it does and I've gone through every single theme of OCD except for one that I haven't experienced yet only one I haven't experienced and I think it's just because it just doesn't bother me at all um but I've gone through every single theme that there is I've gone through them and you every time you have one, you look back at the old obsession and wish you had that one again. <laughs> because yeah. you're like, that one was easier to deal yeah. with than the one I'm dealing with now. The one I'm dealing with now is
0: terrible. I want the old one back. <laughs> uh, Come back, friend. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. But it does it does when you're down, it 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 makes it
2: so much worse. It absolutely loves it. Absolutely loves it.
0: Definitely. J- do you relate to that as well, Harriet?
2: Yeah, definitely. I just think it 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 will pick whatever it knows it's going to get the biggest response out of. It's like a bully. like It will literally pick what it knows is going to make you cry. It will pick it. So yeah. if, for example, if I... Um, sorry, Jay, this is a bit of a ladies issue. But um, I had a test recently for polycystic ovaries. Oh! So, yeah. And my, my brain was like right what if you can't have children because you've got polycystic ovaries what if your boyfriend leaves you because he knows he that he won't be able to have children all of this lot and it and that's what it clicked onto it was like oh my god what if i can't have children and that's all it did so every single time i saw a pregnant lady or a a couple with a pram and I was with my other half, my brain would be like, he'd rather be in that relationship than he would be with you because that lady can have a baby and you can't. And it was like constantly niggling at me all the time. For, and Because it knows that that's what I'm stressed out about at that time. Yeah, like, yeah. My entire 26 years of life, I have never, ever, ever worried about that one thing. But because it knew that that was on my mind at one time, it will stick to that one thing. And now that that's sort of out the way, and I don't need to be worried about that anymore, it's like, oh, okay, this doesn't scare her now, I'll pick something else, and then it will pick something else that that I might be scared of, so... So, you know, it does. It's a bit like Tigger, isn't it? It just hops from one to the next. Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever (laughs) it can that
0: causes the most stress, I don't know why. It's a good way of uh, looking at it, to be honest, that, like, you say, it makes, I don't know, it lies to you and stuff as well, you know. Oh, yeah. one, of, one of my worst ones is just like driving my car when yeah. I think I've ran someone over. And I, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm turning around. I can see the road. It's it's bright. You know, it's daylight. Yeah. And my brain's saying I've ran someone over. And I'm looking in my eyes, but my brain is, my eyes, it doesn't matter. Yep. And I have to drive back. And um you know, I think it's very hard for you know someone to understand that. But in my, you know, the, my brain's telling me you've ran someone over.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it's because we get so many thoughts that clash with our personality. You almost don't trust yourself anymore. Yeah. You find it difficult to trust things. Um, so even when I got diagnosed they were like okay you have ocd and these are all the thoughts that come under the term ocd like this is what it will be about and i'll have an... and then all of a sudden harm would latch on and i was like nope i can't have ocd i'm definitely a murderer like 100% murderer. <laughs> even
1: though i've murdered nobody yeah, i've never i've never <laughs>
2: harmed anyone in my life and i and, I, and i'm like the <laughs> least violent person on the planet i can't even kill a pigeon accidentally <laughs> without crying on the road but definitely, those four doctors that saw me and those six therapists I've spoken to and 100 people with OCD on Twitter are all wrong. I'm definitely a murderer. Yeah. So you find it so hard to trust. Even, Even, I find it so hard to trust myself. Yeah. So hard. Like, yeah, it's annoying. Like, yeah.
0: Do you find if you see something on the news about someone killing someone or, you know some you know, illness or whatever, you know, someone does something bad, do you think, oh my God, what what if I'm capable of doing that? What if imagine that was me? You know, that that's what mine sort of latches onto. When I see things in the news in the world, that that scares and I think that could happen to me or I could become that. Like, yeah.
1: Oh, most definitely like I've only just started watching the news again because I couldn't watch it. Because if someone got murdered, I would think, what if I did that? And I had this stage where I used to really like watching stuff about serial killers. But then Harm OCD came along and I was like, I can't watch that anymore because I could turn into a serial killer, like just like they did. What's stopping me from doing it? And it's absolutely terrifying. It makes you avoid so many things because you're terrified that you're going to become something so horrible but the thing is it's when you actually think about it it's like it's amusing that we go out of our way to protect everybody all the time that's all we do (laughs) is protect people and protect ourselves that's that's all we do and this thing that tells us that we're going to turn into this murderer out of nowhere is absolutely ridiculous and we we want to keep everybody safe all the time
2: (laughs) it's literally that isn't it it's just like it always comes down to i need to keep someone safe or i need to keep myself safe it's always to do with that it's always trying to stop that bad thing from happening and like you said you do end up avoiding things like when i had my harm ocd stuff which i still have occasionally now um again the news would be a big thing but um My brother listens to, like, trap music. So do you know YMW Melly, the rapper? No, No, but I love trap music, though. (laughs) It's quite cool. Have a listen. But he had a song called Murder On My Mind. Oh, I know that song! My brother used to play it all the time. And my brain would be like, if you hear that again today, that's what's going to happen to you. Like, you'll turn into a murderer because you've listened to that song. Yeah. So sometimes it's not... it, It will latch onto a theme but anything it can possibly do that even has no relation to that theme, it will make it relate to that theme, if you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It will literally tie any knot anywhere to try and make you feel like that bad thing's going to happen, even if it's you can't listen to a song, otherwise you might turn into a murderer. Like said, that's stupid. <laughs> So
0: stupid, but I was like, no, you're right. Maybe I shouldn't listen to that song, that's really bad. Um, how do you, so? Would, would you say that you know OCD sufferers are some of the most caring people in the world?
2: Oh God, yeah. To our own demise, I think we we care too much to the point yeah. where it hurts us. Um, but obviously, you feel like it's needed, especially in the safety-seeking things like like again when I suffered with my harm OCD, really when I was at my most severe, I I wouldn't let myself be in the same room as anyone else just in case something accidentally happened or just in case I snapped and got angry or turned around and accidentally did something. If I wasn't in the same room as someone, nothing could happen. So I would just make sure that I wasn't around anyone. And to do that in your own household with your family for over six months, every single time someone comes in a room, you leave and you just make sure you're reclused on your own but that's not a, you don't need no one needs to do that no one but i felt like i did because it was so scary and yeah so and because i cared so much i didn't want anything to happen and i thought if 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 that's what it takes to make sure that nothing will happen and that's what i'm gonna do yeah but it's learning that you those safety seeking behaviors that we do we don't need to do at all as as scary as it feels and as real as it actually really does feel like that thing is going to happen it's not going to happen like it's okay
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's trying to hold yourself accountable isn't it you know um and not seek that reassurance even i've reached out to you in the past and you're like i'm not i'm not giving you jane i'm like please i it, i need this reassurance you're like. No, nope, not giving
2: it but I think reassurance is the hardest compulsion to beat, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be. I think I've I you know, I like to list my compulsions and make sure I'm not doing any of them. But I think reassurance is still the one that like I'm not I can't kick it yet. It's so annoying. Everything else, like I can like like me and Soph can use knives and I could be in the same room as people now. I don't have to check things physically or mentally as much anymore. Um, I don't have to repeat certain things when I get a thought. I just sort of let it come and go. It doesn't really bother me. But yeah, the reassurance is definitely one. It's, it wiggles its way in.
0: It certainly does. Um, so what, what uh, Sophie would, you know, for the future say 10 years time, what would your hopes be that with O C D like and in the the wider public sort of thing, what would your hopes be that people would like understand a bit more?
1: I just I want there to be more awareness, like I really do. And I mean uh shows like Pure have been amazing because yeah. it highlights exactly what OCD is about and I think the more we keep on talking and the more like yourself do podcasts and people tweet and I think because there's so much shame attached to it we stay silent a lot of the time and I think if we try to Rid ourselves of that shame and said, Do you know what? This is really difficult. I'm struggling. This is exactly what I struggle with. Mm-hmm. I think it will open up the world to us and make the world see that it is a really crippling disorder to have. And I feel like we get left behind, so to speak, when it comes to mental illness. People just go, Oh, yeah, OCD and just move on like <laughs> they don't really realize how difficult this disorder is and I just really hope that in 10 years time that there is more of a dialogue and more of an understanding
0: about it and you you're um I believe you're, you're writing a book aren't you uh so how's that going and obviously what what's the story behind it
1: um yes <laughs> um I'm really, really proud of it. Um, It's about a girl's journey through OCD. And each chapter is a theme of OCD that she has gone through. And I wanted it to be... As easy to read as possible. I didn't want it to be too difficult. I just wanted it for anybody to pick it up and go, "Oh, okay, this person's going through a really tough time. Why is she doing these types of things? Oh, that's why she does it. Okay, I understand." Like I want there to be more understanding about the disorder. Um, There's a good plot twist, uh, <laughs> and yeah, um, it's it's going well. Hopefully. It should be coming out by next year, talking with a publisher at the moment. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Well, <laughs> it lot. makes me so to talk about yeah, it. I don't I know a,
0: look forward to uh, you know, reading it when it comes out. and um, that's, you know, brilliant, brilliant thing to do. And I I know it must be very hard to, you know, write a book. <laughs> so I'm yeah. writing a few notes down for the podcast episode, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah um so what about you how do you what what's your hope for the future with ocd awareness
2: um yeah a bit more like safe really um just that there's a bit more of a general understanding of it um so that you know the the many people that will probably be diagnosed in the next sort of 10 years or get to know it a little bit better we will be able to just go, actually, I've heard the OCD might be, might be doing this. Um, I think back to the question you asked Soph earlier, just sort of, um, what the awareness is like at the moment, has it gotten any better over the last couple of years? I think in terms of getting diagnosed, I was really lucky. So I literally, I was having the intrusive thoughts, the harmful ones, um, and googled it which is the weirdest thing on the planet to do but just googled i'm having thoughts about hurting my family and i don't know what that is and it came up with intrusive thoughts so i literally screenshotted it and took it into the doctors and said this is what i'm having and that was the first thing she said was ocd and i didn't believe her because i thought no ocd is washing hands and tidying i don't do that and she was like no i'm being serious i'm a doctor trust me <laughs> <It's> this- <laughs> um so I think it must have come a long way in the last couple of years because there's lucky people out there like me who do get diagnosed straight away. And there's some very unfortunate people who don't get diagnosed straight away and it, it gets taken to something that it doesn't need to be taken. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I'd like the awareness of it to progress like that so that people can walk into the doctors and go, I'm having thoughts about killing my family. And they go... It's OCD. You don't need to worry. Here you go, and it's, you know, it's cleared up nicely.
0: What would your advice be then to how do you someone who you know maybe be listening to this and you know has not reached out yet? Um, what would your advice be to him? Like, what pathway should they go down?
2: Um, I am. I'm, I'm a big supporter of there's no such thing as a weird thought or a crazy thought because if you think it's crazy come and speak to me and I will put you to shame Um, so yeah if you're having strange thoughts that you don't agree with it's okay to talk about that because there's lots of people out there everyone has intrusive thoughts they're actually super common Um, but a lot of people don't notice them because they're already used to going, now I don't need to trust this. I don't, this doesn't scare me, So because I know it's not true. Um, but to just not, as scary as it is, because I, I truly do understand the fear of going into the doctors and saying what you're thinking, but they're mental health professionals at the end of the day, or I'd like to think they are. Um, so we should just be open. We should feel safe enough to be open. And I think it's super brave to go in and do that. Um, Definitely yeah
0: is there anything else you could add to that sophie if you could advise someone
1: i just exactly what harriet said i would say like before taking the shame away from your thoughts and what is taking that meaning away from it and going in and being honest and letting them know that you're struggling that this isn't you this is something that's happening to you um you know I think there's still a way to go with professionals when it comes to OCD um it's still from my experience it's it's at times been quite difficult but when you do find a good one who gets it The relief that you feel is unbelievable. So I think if anyone is struggling, I know it gets said all the time, but you need to reach out. You have to because your life is so important and you will start being able to live a life once you start to get the help. You'll be able to start living again.
0: Mm -hmm. There's a light at the end of the tunnel for sure. Um...
1: Oh, definitely
0: so before i wrap things up um it's got a question really that i want to ask you both is it's a, it's a silly question but uh what's one thing you're not very good at harriet
2: <laughs> one thing i'm not very good at jay there's a list of a million things i'm not very good at
0: what's one what's one
2: um Oh, God. I mean, at the moment, what I'm noticing that I'm not very good at is um, just letting myself feel how I want to feel. So if someone says something that upsets me and I go, hang on, whoa, that's upset me. And they go, no, you're being silly. I then go, oh, I'm being silly. Oh, oh, it's my fault. Oh, I need to let go. Do you know what? That's yeah. how I feel. You don't like it. Okay. <laughs> myself in how I feel, I should,
0: yeah, that's what I'm trying to get better at at the moment. Sorry for putting you on the spot. Sorry. You told uh
1: I can't draw. I cannot draw for toffee. Like, yeah. I can't draw. Like, I can do stick people and even they're terrible. That counts. I'm, so bad at it. It's so bad, and I'm trying to teach my daughter how to draw, and I don't particularly want her to copy me because because <laughs> my drawing is so bad. Really? <laughs> but yeah, no, that's one thing I'm just dreadful at, and I'm coming to terms with
2: it. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to teach myself how to draw as well, so I know how hard it is. <laughs> um, yeah, paper. Honestly, yeah. You
2: know,
0: mm. it's been brilliant that you've come on and shared your experiences. And um, I'm sure that, you know, even at least one person will, will take something from this. And, you know, if it's one person, that that's amazing because just changing one person's life can really make a difference. So, you know, um i'll link you both your twitter handles in on the description so if anyone wants to follow you and and follow your your stories and your blogs and you can do so yeah you know thanks very much for your time today and um definitely have to catch up soon and do another podcast
1: oh thank you so much
2: thank
0: you